Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. I want you to say first things first. Uh, I want you to say it louder than that. Come on. First things first. I want that to get in your spirit today. This is a new series that we are starting. And I want you to understand that we need to put first things first. Now, for most people, the desire to be first is as natural as the desire for their next breath. They don't even have to think about it. There's a competitive edge about them, and it's just part of their DNA. It's who they are. Um, If you know a person like that, point them out right now. Go ahead, point to them. I I see you, Deanna. You are, oh, Deanna's competitive. You play a board game with Deanna, mm, she's ruthless. We, as humans, we naturally want to be at the top, don't we? we? We just have that desire. And if you've ever met that person that is extremely competitive and they, they, they take it too far, okay, now point at them if you know, yeah, okay, there they are. They're just highly competitive. And I've compiled a list that will help us understand if that's who we are. Because I'm, I'm starting to realize I'm a very competitive person also. Amen. Thank you. Uh, So five signs, five signs that you want to be first. You ready? Here's the first one. When you are approaching a red light, you will change lanes just to get a better starting position off the starting line. Is that you? Raise your hand. That's me. That is who I am. That's how I know I like to be first. All right. Number two, number two. When you're at the gym and you're on the treadmill, You will run faster than the people next to you on treadmills, even though you're not in the same race. If that's you, raise your hand. (laughs) Some of you are lying right now. You've never seen a gym in your life. (laughs) It takes one to know one, okay? Number three, number three. When playing board games, your competition doesn't have an age. From kids to the elderly, they're all victims. Thank you. The truth sets you free, Deanna. (laughs) Number four, when you and your spouse are laughing about who is the most competitive, you intentionally laugh laugh harder and louder than they do, yeah? Okay, number five, number five, finally the last one here. On your deathbed, as you take your last breath, you are planning on saying, staring contest, go. (gasps) Okay, okay. You know, we all want to win, don't we? That's just it. We all want to be first. And the desire to be first causes us to seek our own wants and our own desires above anything else. Even if you're not a competitive person. You want to put your own needs and desires first. It's natural. That's who we are as humans. And if you know someone that they put other people first, just know this, it does not happen naturally. They don't, just don't wake up with that desire and that urge to, to put other people before themselves. That, it doesn't work like that. Our natural tendencies are, I want what's mine and I wanna be in the front. I want to be first. And so we have this natural desire to worry about ourselves before we worry about anyone else. Perfect example of this. When we were trying to secure a construction loan for our our building project, 
One of the banks that we were shopping our loan with, they had me compile a list of our church's discretionary spending. Now, when I say discretionary spending, these are funds that we can use as we see fit. They are not designated funds. They are not locked into a particular use. And and so they wanted me to make a list out of our budget of all of the discretionary spending that we have. And I sent the report to them, my findings. I, I sent that to them and said, this is what we consider discretionary spending. And about a week later, Um, I got a call from the bank and two of the representatives wanted to meet with me in my office. And so they came to the office and I had all kinds of reports printed out for them. And they specifically wanted to meet about the discretionary spending. And there were a few line items that were, were on the report that they felt like could be considered discretionary spending. And they wanted to know why I had not highlighted those items, why I did not list those items as discretionary spending. And one of those line items was missions giving. They asked me, couldn't this, what your church gives to missions, couldn't that be considered discretionary spending because you don't necessarily have to send that to the mission field. Now the business answer for that is, yes, absolutely, we do have to send that to the mission field because that, those are funds that, that have, have been designated for missions. You don't give that money. We don't give that money unless we're sending it to the mission field. So we stand before you like we did today and we say every penny that comes in for this missions project, that is going to the mission field. And so it would be dishonest for me to say that is discretionary spending, that we can spend that however we want to, that if we wanted to apply that to a mortgage payment, we could do that because you can't. That's the business answer. Now, the spiritual answer, which I can assure you, I shared with them that day sitting there in my office across my desk. I looked at these men and I said, now I need you to understand that there is is a, a spiritual matter here because this is not up for negotiation with us. This is not discretionary spending. This is necessary spending for us as a church. Because I wholeheartedly believe, church, that we are where we are today because of our heart for missions. Because we have a desire to sow into someone else's dream. I believe that God is bringing our dream into a reality. And God has blessed this church for years and years and years. God has blessed this church since our beginning because we have a heart for missions. And and I, I believe these two men from the bank were absolutely just blown away. And they were not about to question my answer on this because I was looking at them and saying, no, missions is not discretionary spending and in my tone I don't want to hear it again I didn't say it necessarily just like that but but you know what I mean because everybody everybody does not understand this it's not natural we have to make a conscious decision every year to put someone else before ourselves if you or a person that puts others before yourself, you have to make a conscious decision to do that because it's not natural. And all of us, we want to build our own kingdom. For most of you in the room, you've already made a decision today or you will make a decision before this day is over to build your own kingdom. We look at our lives, we have desires, we see where we want to be, And we make decisions based on that. 
It can be from the simplest of things. It, it may be that you just simply want an ice cream cone. So on your way home today from church, you're going to stop by Dairy Queen and you're going to get an ice cream cone because ice cream cones make you happy in your kingdom. For others in the room, it is much more serious. You are going to make investment choices this year. Maybe even today or tomorrow, you are going to make an investment choice because you have this desire of what your kingdom is going to look like down the road, an investment into your retirement or whatever that looks like. We make decisions every day, big and small, on our kingdom and what we want that to look like. And so, no, this is not natural for us. And people can't always understand that because the church, we as believers, we are challenged not to operate in what is natural, but yet what is beyond natural, supernatural. And some of you, you've never had the opportunity. Well, you've had the opportunity, you've never taken the opportunity to function in the supernatural. And I believe that God is about to challenge you here on this first Sunday of 2019 to begin operating in the supernatural. For some of you, during the 21-day fast, God is going to, to take what is a natural hunger and desire in your life, and he is going to do a supernatural work in your life. And you've never seen that before. You've never watched God's hand move that way in your life. But I'm letting you know right now, we are not called to operate in the natural. We are called as children of God to trust by faith and operate in the supernatural. Matthew chapter 6, I want to read verses 25 through 33. In Matthew chapter 6, this is part of the famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, the most famous uh, speech that, that Jesus gave. And he covers many, many different topics during this, this sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. But if I could, could basically take you to a portion of Scripture that kind of sums up the summary or, or sums up the, the Sermon on the Mount, I would take you to these verses that we're reading today because it touches so many areas of our faith. And so I want you to listen to these words that Jesus is, is preaching. Listen to the, what he has to say to us. Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 25. He says, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious. Let's, let's stop just for a moment. The Greek word there for do not be anxious, that word anxious, is merimneo. It means divided, torn, separated. I don't know about you, but, but this pretty much desi uh, describes my anxiety. Because in the moments that I'm faced with anxiety in my life, I am torn. I am a believer. I am a Christian. But yet there are moments when the natural is, is so loud, but yet I know that God is able. I know the supernatural is a possibility. And so in the moments of, of anxiety, I am torn between what is natural and what is supernatural. I see the circumstances. I know what reality is in the natural. But I also know in my heart of hearts that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I can ask or think. So I'm torn between the natural and the supernatural. And Jesus says, therefore, I tell you, do not be torn. Do not be anxious about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. 
Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, listen to that word again, being torn, divided, which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious. Don't be torn. Don't be separated over this. Do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the, the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first. Say that word. Say first. But seek first. Not second. Not last. Not somewhere in the middle. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. When I was on staff at University Church in Tampa, one afternoon I, I met with a young man in my office that was having some marital problems. I, I knew him fairly well. Uh, we played a lot of basketball together, and he'd been coming to the church, he and his wife, for some time. Let's just let's let's call him Kevin. Okay, his name's Kevin because that's his real name, Kevin, and um, so we'll call him Kevin. It's been about 15 years ago, so maybe Kevin's not listening to the podcast, right? Um, you know, you're supposed to change the names to protect the innocent. Kevin was not innocent, so let's don't protect him. And so Kevin, Kevin comes to my office, and he's sitting across from my desk, and he's telling me, he said, man, my, my wife's telling me she's about to leave me. I said, well, let's talk, man. What, 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 what got us to this point? What's, what's happening? I said, what's, what is she disgruntled about? And he said, first of all, that's always a good sign when it starts with first of all. That means we've got a list here, okay? First of all, she doesn't like my drinking. I said, okay, and I'm, I'm ready to, to dive into that, okay? Let's talk about your drinking. He said, no, there's more. I said, okay, what, what's next? He says, she, she doesn't like me smoking weed. Okay, well, Kevin, that is illegal, okay? You know, uh, and so I'm ready to dive into that. I'm going to start talking with him about that. And, and, and that's when he looks at me and he says, there, there's one more thing. I said, okay, what, what is the other thing? And he said, she doesn't like me watching football. Now, for most of you in the room, you're like, really? How petty is that? No, I knew Kevin. What you have to understand about my friend Kevin was Kevin was a walking encyclopedia for FSU football. You're talking about having the most useless information he, he knew everything about Florida State football. He knew stats. He, not only of current players, he could reach back. He would tell me all kinds of things about Charlie Ward. And he, he was talking about uh, uh, Warren Sapp and just all kinds. Warren Sapp played Miami, right? No, not him, the other, Brooks, Derek Brooks. Derek Brooks. He would tell me all kinds of things about these guys and just rattle off stats and all that good stuff. So I, I'm sitting there listening to him say, man, can you believe she doesn't like to, to, you know, for, for me to, to watch football? And I said, Kevin, you and I both know it's more than that. I said, you watch football every Saturday. What time do you start? He said, well, first game is at noon. I start watching at noon. I, I just watch all, all day long. I said, so you're watching a lot of college football. He said, yeah. And I said, but you and I both know that 
every day before work, after work, probably at work, you're also watching ESPN. You're watching Sports Center all the time. I know to have this much knowledge and information retained in his, in his mind, he is, he, this guy was the guy, a young adult that would read a newspaper. How many young adults do you know that read the newspaper? Even 15 years ago, you didn't see this. This guy was flooding his mind with, with constant stats. It was impressive when you would talk with him, but it was ruining his marriage. And I knew what his wife was getting at because this guy had a problem. And so we're sitting there talking and for an hour, for an hour, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just listening to him and I'm, I'm trying to talk some sense into him. And finally I looked at him and I said, Kevin, I want you to do something for me. I said, do you trust me? He said, well, yeah, I, I trust you. I wouldn't be here if I didn't trust you. I said, do you really trust me? He said, yeah. I said, will you do what I'm asking you to do? He said, I think I will. Let's, let's tell me. I said, here's what I want you to do. I said, Florida State has a game this Saturday night. He said, yeah, I'm planning on watching it, man. I said, right before kickoff, I want you to stand up. I want you to turn the TV off, and I want you to look at your wife and say, let's go out to dinner. He looked at me, and, and so help me God, these are the words that he said. Why would I do that? I slapped him across the head right there in my office. No, I didn't. I, I wanted to. I wanted to slap him. I said, do what? He said, why would I do that? He said, I've worked hard all week long. This is, is my favorite team. It's Saturday night. I deserve this. I, I just want to watch them. I said, did you not come to my office and tell me that your marriage is falling apart, that your wife is about to leave you? He said, yes. I said, your wife is more important than college football. Would you agree? Yeah. <laughs> That right there tells me we've got a problem, right? I said, imagine what happens right before kickoff. If you turn the TV off, you look at your wife and you say, hey, babe, let's go out to dinner. I said, at that moment, you wow her. At that moment, you are sending a message to her that says, you are priority over my, in my life. You are priority over football. I put you here. Football is down here. And this guy, I, I wish I would have recorded it so that you could see Kevin. Kevin was in turmoil. The wheels were spinning in his head. This guy is trying his best. He is offering me excuse after excuse on why this cannot happen. And finally, he looks at me and he says, okay, okay, I see what you're saying. I think I can do this. I said, no, you can do this. I said, this is not hard, bro. This is easy stuff. It's not gonna fix your marriage. But it's going to send a strong message that, that she is priority. Because you and I both know that you like Florida State football way too much. So, so let, let, let's make this happen. He said, I can do it. I can do it. And he said, do you, do you think it would be okay if I took her to the L house? <laughs> now, now, I played dumb for a moment. And I said, Kevin, Kevin, is that one of her favorite places? And I'm hoping he's saying, yeah, yeah. Just lie to me, man. Tell me something. I said, is that one of her favorite places? He said, no. I said, then why do you want to take her there? He said, because there's TVs, man. I could sit there and I could eat with my wife and I could watch the game too. And I said, that's your problem. Church, I'm, I'm, I'm so embarrassed to tell you that marriage didn't last. It was just a, a year later that they were divorced, separated. I mean, it, and, and it didn't last. And on top of that, his Florida State Seminoles, they stink. I mean, <laughs> guys, how can I stress to you 
how prioritizing matters. And seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness is about priority, and so many believers don't make it a priority. We sing about it. We sing about his kingdom coming. We pray it. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But do we really, really, do we really want that? Because if that's priority and, and seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness is about priority, and if that's priority, then that goes to the top of the list. But priority is one of the biggest struggles for, for our society, especially Americans. We struggle with, with priority. We allow personal wants and desires to inundate our agendas. Not only just for our lives, but for our kids also. Matter of fact, some of you, your schedules are completely controlled by your children. You've got a problem. And in the process, we truly miss the heart of God. I don't even have time this morning to get into your political agendas, okay? Some of you really need to take a break from politics. Because I doubt God is as concerned about your political agenda as you are. And when you say, I'm going to make, I'm going to seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness, it will begin changing the outlook on so much of that. Dr. Stephen Covey, author of the best-selling book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he said this. He said, putting first things first means organizing and executing around your most important priorities. It is living and being driven by the principles you value most, not by the agendas and the forces surrounding you. Listen to that first sentence again. Putting first things first means organizing and executing around your most important priorities. Church, your actions will always determine your priorities. What you do or what you don't do will show me what you put as a priority in your life. And where you spend your time, that determines what takes priority in your life. I pray every Sunday morning, God, if there's something I've prepared to say that you don't want me to say, purge it from my thoughts. Because I don't want to get up here on my own agenda. I don't want to get up here and operate in the flesh just to tick somebody off. But in the words of the great biblical scholars, Imagine Dragons, <laughs> first things first, I'm going to say all the words inside my head. So that's where I'm at right now, okay? I'm going to say everything that's up here right now unless God purges it in the next 20 seconds, okay? Here we go. Some of you, you're wondering why a relationship with God is not on the priority list for your children. And it's because you have not made a relationship with God. You have not made the kingdom of God. You have not sought the kingdom of God first. You have not sought his righteousness first. And you are hit or miss when it comes to your relationship with God. I told you, I'm going to say all the things that are in my head right now. I love you. I do. But some of you, you're failing as parents because you don't see the need to prioritize the kingdom of God here and everything else taking its rightful place below that. 
There are things that deserve to be a priority in your life. Your kids are one of them. However, your kids should never be at the top of the priority list. Matter of fact, your kids should not be above your spouse. If they are, the divine order of your home is wrong. Oh, I didn't even say that first service. You're welcome. (laughs) When it comes to the priority of our lives, we must seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness first. And everything else has to flow from that. And so some of you are worried because when it is time to go to church, when you decide that it's time to go to church for your family, your kids don't want to come to church and you have to drag them to church. I've had people walk up to me before in years past, and, and now my kids are a little bit older, but, but when my kids were still in, in, in school, I've had people walk up to me, more than one person, numerous people have come to me and say, why do your kids want to come to church and my kids don't want to come to church? They've asked me that, point blank. They've asked me. Some of you have asked me, why do your kids want to come to church and my kids don't want to come to church? And I'll tell you this. It's because Mandy and I have always made church priority. Now listen, I'm, I'm not saying that the basis of your faith is all based on church attendance. But I am telling you this. To grow in your faith, it requires it. And, and you're, you're wondering why your kids are disinterested in church, why they're, they're, they're not concerned with the things of God and why that's not on their radar. And it's because you have not made that a priority for your home. I've said it m- many times, and I haven't said it over the last couple of years. I kind of felt convicted by it a little bit because I didn't want it to become prideful. But if you want kids like I have, you've got to do things the way I do them. If you want your kids to end up the way my kids have ended up, then you have to do the things that Mandy and I decided to do, and it didn't always make us popular. But it was seeking the kingdom of God first. Romans 10 and 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Where else are your kids getting this preached to them? Where else are the values of this book being pumped into their lives? And if church attendance is not a priority, then their faith is never going to grow because faith comes from hearing and hearing through the words of Christ. So if you want your kids to grow closer to God, get them to church. Get them here. Make sure that this is a priority, that you you and your family are seeking God first and his righteousness. You make a statement. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And everything else falls under that. And and so I'm going to say everything that's in my head, okay? Oh, God, some of you are not going to come back. Let me preface it with this. I didn't, I didn't do this first service, and I'm, I'm going to do it this time. Understand, I don't have a problem with sports. I think it creates better kids when they're involved with sports. I do. Our extracurricular activities, whether it be music, sports, art, whatever that is, I believe in that. I do. But I also believe in prioritizing it the right way. So don't invest all of your time at the ball field and wonder why your kids have no interest in the things of God. Oh, God, I knew you were going to look at me like that. Let me convince you with this. When your child stands before God, their batting average, their free throw percentage, or their volleyball serving percentage will not impress God one bit. That's not what he's concerned with. He's not against those things. 
I'm not against those things. I have been to so many soccer matches and basketball games, trust me. I know what it's like raising kids. God's not impressed with that. What God is impressed with is their relationship with Christ and their desire to know him more. And only those things happen. That only happens through their faith growing. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the words of Christ. It has to become a priority. Because what you invest in determines what takes priority in your life. You don't believe me? You start investing in your wife and your kids. You start investing in your husband and, and your kids. And you'll love them more. I didn't, I didn't create that. I didn't say that. Jesus did. Jesus said in, in Matthew 6 and 21, he said, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, whatever you invest in, you fall in love with. Whatever you invest in, you fall in love with. Your heart will always follow your treasure. And whatever that is, whatever that treasure is, whether it be your time, your talent, or your treasure, whatever that is, wherever you invest that, that is what you fall in love with. And for some of you, you invest more in your kids' sports than, than you ever did in the kingdom of God. I can tell you this, anytime someone leaves the church, I can go look at their giving statement and see where it began. I can tell you when they started falling out of love with the church, people that loved the church with their whole heart, this is what they wanted for them and their whole family, it was the best thing ever. And at the moment that they stopped investing in the kingdom, at the moment they stopped investing in that church, they fell out of love with it. If you like your church and you wanna be a part, you want it to be a part of your life and your family's lives for, for years to come, invest in it. Invest in the kingdom. If you want your kids to, to love God, invest in the kingdom. Because whatever you invest in, you fall in love with. But understand this. Whatever you seek before his kingdom and his righteousness, that becomes priority. Whatever you seek before his kingdom and his righteousness it takes the place and it becomes priority. And, and, and church, you can't seek your own kingdom first and expect to experience the kingdom of heaven in your life. You can't pray, God, your kingdom come unless you've willingly stepped down from your own throne. And so many, so many homes, even good Christian homes, They've still struggle with what is prioritized, what is at the top of that priority list, and they don't make decisions based on that. Church, church attendance and investment into the kingdom of God is somewhere down here, and, 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 and it, it, it lacks the priority that all of these other things do. And, and, and I can't stress to you enough that Whatever becomes your priority over his kingdom, it cannot prosper. It will not prosper. But when you put the kingdom of God first, everything prioritized under that is blessed by God. Now watch this. Watch this. If you want your child and their future to be blessed by God, you put the kingdom of God here and let everything else flow from that. And you watch. I guarantee you that your, your kids will be put on the path that God has for their lives. I promise you. I will guarantee that, that whenever you prioritize and you put the kingdom of God here, everything under that will be blessed by God. Now, listen to this verse again. 
Matthew 6 and 33 from our text. Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So the question comes, what things? What's he talking about? What things? If, if all these things are going to be added to me, what things? And he answered that for you. All these things. It's really that simple. You seek the kingdom of God first. You make God the priority. You make your relationship with Christ a priority in your household. And then all of these things will be added to you. Because God knows your needs and God knows your wants. And he's not scared of either one of them. And he will certainly meet your needs. He's obligated to do that. He will meet your needs. And this is the part I love. If it lines up with his plans for your life... God will also give you the desires that you have if it lines up with the plans that he has for your life. It's okay to dream. Dream. But let me tell you, when you prioritize and you put God here, if it's the wrong dream, it's not going to come to pass. But if it's the right dream, God will make sure. Like I said, he is obligated that if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he's obligated to add all these things to you. If it falls into his will for your life, it will happen. Psalm 37, 37 and verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. But you've got to prioritize and delight yourself in the Lord first. I'm watching this play out right now in my son's life. And he's sitting here and... I told him earlier, I said, I'm going to be talking about you today. That was in between services. <laughs> he said, I know, four or five people have already come up to me. They're used to it by now. But I am, I'm watching this play out in my son's life. You don't understand how much we love basketball. I, I have coached basketball on many different levels played when I was in school. There was no greater joy for me than the day that my son gave up soccer and took basketball. <laughs> Caleb started ninth through twelfth grade. Every game, ninth through twelfth grade, he started. Except for one game, his junior year. I was proud of him that day because he went to his coach that day and he said, Coach, I know so-and-so who sits the bench. He's a senior in tonight's senior night. He said, why don't you let him start in, in my spot? Takes a godly person to put someone else before them. I was proud of him that night, and he did. The coach started that person in, in his place, and 40, I think it was 48 seconds into the game, he pulled him and put Caleb in because the guy just couldn't do it. So, We had a rule in our home, though. You see, what the natural tells you is that in order for your kids to succeed in sports, that you've got to invest all your time and all your treasure in it. And I know, I know how it works. If, if, if they're not playing AAU basketball, they're, they're not going to go to college over it. You have to play travel ball. And, and, and this is what it says in the natural, but I serve a supernatural God. And so I fully expected my son to probably go to college and, and play some small college. I knew he didn't have the size to play Division I basketball. 
And to be honest, everywhere I called, it wasn't working out. There were a few Christian colleges that I was calling, and, and they just didn't seem interested at all. They wouldn't even look at his stats. They just weren't interested. There was one college in Virginia, a small college, that, that they contacted us, contacted the coach, and said, we're interested in Caleb McKinley. Caleb looked at me and said, Dad, I'm not going there to play. You can tell them to quit calling. We never heard from them again. But I'm watching right now as my son is living a dream, and honestly, I, I, I'm kind of living it through him too. And if you know, you, you know that my son is student manager for the men's basketball team at the University of Florida. You know, a desire that I had was that my, my son would be able to play basketball and, and get school paid for. Would you believe that as a student manager, he's on scholarship? <laughs> Go ahead, Mark. I'll let you, you clap right there, right by yourself. At, at the end of four years at the University of Florida, they'll, they'll owe him money. That's amazing, isn't it? My daughter is a completely different story going to school out of state. <laughs> Can we take up an offering right now? No. Um, he, he's doing things and rubbing shoulders of people that I could only imagine. Spent the week of Thanksgiving in the Bahamas with Gator basketball. Just recently went to New York City and was in Madison Square Garden. If you want to play basketball, that's where you want to play basketball. And he's right there. And I don't know if you saw it, but last, last Saturday on ESPNU, during the game, there was a little box that popped up at the bottom, and they're showing some of the Florida managers doing some work, and they zoomed in on the bench during the dead ball, and they start talking about two of the managers, and they're showing my son's head right there on, on TV. If you watch any of the Florida basketball games, Caleb's on there more than the, the guy sitting at the end of the bench. It's a player. He, he's always, he sits behind Coach White, and you always see his, his head on there. I mean, it's always there. And they zoomed in, and right there, they're talking about Caleb calling him by name. And the responsibilities these managers have, and I'm going, what is going on? I've been watching college basketball my whole life, and I've never seen them talk about the managers. Why, why is this happening? It's because we had a rule. We would seek the kingdom of God first before anything else when it came to sports. And even in high school, in varsity basketball, when it was time to, to, to play in a tournament, if that tournament went on through Sunday, the rule was, Caleb, you're at home. You're in church on that Sunday. And if it's close enough where you can drive to it, if they can win the first game on, on Sunday morning while you're in first service at Destiny Community Church, then you can drive to that game afterwards and you can play that afternoon. But if you have to miss, I'm sorry you're letting your team down. I'm sorry you're letting your coach down. But as for me and my house, this is a priority and we're seeking the kingdom of God first. You don't think God honors that? I'm watching it play out in his life right now. Parents, it's time for you to make some decisions. The chances of your kid playing college ball are slim to none. Look at the stats. The chances of them making in the pros are minute. It, it, it's, it's ridiculous. The chances of them standing before a holy God on the day of judgment is 100%. It will happen. And your job is to set the priorities for their lives and say, we will seek the kingdom of God first. And when you don't do that, there is a world out there that is setting the priorities for you.
And the reason why we're losing our kids is because we failed. We have failed to set the priorities in their lives. Set the priority, and I promise you, God will direct their steps, even if it doesn't make you, you, you popular in your home. But I can tell you this. We started at such a young age, our kids never gave us any lip about it. And I know there were moments where it was disappointing when he wanted to be playing in that tournament. But no. The kingdom of God was first. And that is just one area of our lives. And listen, I, I, I don't want you to, to think that, that I'm against sports and, and everything. No, I'm not. Not at all. But we're losing a generation. They, they are not interested in church. They're not interested in a relationship with God. And you have to ask yourself, am I part of that problem? You've got a responsibility for your household, for your marriage, for your kids. You have a responsibility to seek the kingdom of God first. Seek his righteousness first. And Jesus made us this promise. And all of these things, scholarships, all of these things, promotions, all of these things, financial blessings, all of these things, the new car, the new house, all of these things, if that's part of the agenda God has for your life, there is not a demon in hell that can keep that from happening if, if you'll prioritize it and you will seek the kingdom of God first. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.